Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Colleen Murphy, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Thomas Keller, a fellow in pulmonary and critical care medicine at the University of Washington. Dr. Keller and his colleagues recently released their results of a secondary analysis of the long-term oxygen treatment trial data. This trial had enrolled patients with COPD who had moderate resting or exertional hypoxemia between 2009 and 2015. For their analysis of the trial, the team evaluated the association of guideline-recommended COPD inhaler regimens with mortality, respiratory exacerbations, and quality of life. Dr. Keller will be highlighting his findings and explaining what they suggest about the need to reevaluate the effectiveness of risk stratification model-based inhaled treatment strategies. Thank you for talking with me today, Dr. Keller. It's my pleasure, Colleen. Your team set out to answer the following research question. Are inhaled regimens that align with the 2017 GOLD strategy associated with clinically important outcomes? How did you decide on this question? We know from randomized controlled trials that both long-acting bronchodilators and inhaled corticosteroids are efficacious at improving respiratory symptoms and quality of life and reducing exacerbations for patients with COPD. One challenge with the results of those studies, though, is that all of them were done in a relatively narrow subset of patients with COPD. All of the patients in the trials that I'm talking about here had frequent exacerbations, so at least two outpatient or one inpatient exacerbation in the year before they were enrolled in the study, and and then all of them had at least moderate shortness of breath when they walk around. And that doesn't really represent the whole population of patients with COPD. And because these medications, particularly inhaled corticosteroids, have side effects and are not without risk, it's really important for us as a community to figure out who benefits most from these treatments and who we should be recommending these treatments to. And the Global Initiative for Chronic Obstructive Lung Disease, which is probably the most recognized organization that has come up with a strategy for implementing these inhaled treatments in the developed world, has come up with guidelines for us as practicing clinicians on who would benefit most from these inhaled treatments. The challenge is we don't actually know if the recommendations in these guidelines really meet the need of our patients and are really effective. And that's what we sought to address and answer. So now that we know the why behind the analysis and the need to know which patients benefit the most from which treatments, can you explain your analysis and its findings? Yeah, so we performed secondary analyses of the long-term oxygen treatment trial data. This was a group of patients who all had COPD confirmed by spirometry. And it's important to remember that they all had some degree of low blood oxygen level. And this was a study that was done throughout the United States and enrolled 738 patients. 
and it finished follow-up of those patients in 2015. So with that group of patients, we categorized each patient according to the disease severity assessment in the 2017 gold recommendations. Those disease severity assessments range from group A, which are patients with low symptoms and low exacerbation risk, through group D, which are patients with sort of high symptom burden and a high exacerbation risk. And then based on which category of disease severity each patient was categorized into, we determined whether their baseline inhaled regimen that they reported at the time of trial entry aligned with the recommendations in the 2017 gold statement were under-treating according to the 2017 gold statement or potentially over-treating. And then based on that exposure that aligned under-treating, potentially over-treating, we looked to see if patients who were aligned with the recommendations did better than those who were under-treated in terms of their time to death, time to first COPD-related hospitalization, time to any exacerbation. And then we also looked at whether they had improvements in their exercise performance and quality of life. What we found was that, interestingly, most patients fell into the sort of group B category. So over half of the patients in LOT were categorized into this sort of high symptom burden, but low exacerbation risk category. And of all of the patients, the most common treatment that patients received were quote-unquote triple therapy, which is a combination of a long-acting beta agonist, a long-acting muscarinic antagonist, and an inhaled corticosteroid. And that was like over 40% of the patients. And then another 20% were on a long-acting beta agonist and an inhaled corticosteroid. And the reason I point that out is that because the majority of patients in the study were group B, the gold statement would suggest that all of those group B patients who were on an inhaled corticosteroid would have been potentially over-treated. And what we found is that nearly 55% of inhaled regimens in our study potentially over-treated according to the 2017 gold statement. And what we ultimately found is that patients who were treated according to the 2017 statement as compared to those who were under-treated had no difference in terms of their time to death or first hospitalization, all cause exacerbations. And then they also had similar exercise performance and similar quality of life. Interestingly, among patients who were in that sort of low exacerbation risk category, so those in groups A and B, and those who were over-treated ended up having a 42% higher likelihood of experience in exacerbation during follow-up. And as I mentioned, most of those patients were potentially over-treated because of inhaled corticosteroid use. And we also found that patients who were over-treated with inhaled corticosteroids had a 65% higher likelihood of getting pneumonia during follow-up. Those are certainly very interesting findings. Like you just said, among COPD patients with moderate hypoxemia, 
we found no difference in clinical outcomes between inhaled regimens aligning with the 2017 GOLD strategy compared with those who were undertreated. You say your findings suggest the need to reevaluate the effectiveness of risk stratification model-based inhaled treatment strategies. So what do you envision the potential alterations being? From our study, it's not entirely clear why patients who were undertreated did equally well as those who were treated according to the guidelines. One possible explanation is that the inhaled treatment recommendations in the current gold strategy are relatively broad, and by that I mean, for example, patients in gold group D have the 2017 gold recommendations recommend as many as five different inhaled regimens. And those regimens range from single inhaled therapy with a long-acting muscarinic antagonist all the way to the triple combination inhaled therapy. And it's possible that that sort of range of therapies has led to us finding that under treatment, so to speak, didn't really lead to any adverse effects. And it's possible that if we were to narrow the recommendations within each disease severity group, so say patients in group D should be on at least two inhaled long-acting bronchodilators rather than maybe one, we might see an improvement in outcomes. Alternatively, one of the important things to remember is that the GOLD strategy came up with their disease severity groups based on prior data that would suggest that the strongest risk factors for future exacerbations are a history of symptoms and also a history of exacerbations. And it's possible that that there are other predictors within individual patients out there that make them more likely to have exacerbations and would give them different indication for inhaled therapy. And that's not really captured by the current GOLD strategy. So one approach would be to identify those other risk factors and incorporate them into future treatment recommendations. What do you want your peers who are listening to take away from this? Anything they can implement into their practice? The important thing to remember, Colleen, is that these gold strategies and any sort of treatment recommendation is simply that. It's a recommendation. And each patient that we encounter in clinical practice is unique. And although it's important to remember the evidence and look to these organizations for guidance, sometimes our patients deviate from what would be recommended. And we as treating clinicians may recognize things about our patients that would prompt us to recommend different treatments. And I think that until we have strong data saying that the recommendations out there are really effective, it's okay to tailor our treatments to our individual patients. And sometimes that might lead to better outcomes. That's certainly a good point. The last question I have for you is how you think the findings and call for reevaluation of the effectiveness of risk stratification model-based inhaled treatment strategies reflect the current state of COPD management. We've made a lot of progress in the management of COPD over the past 20 years, and 
without these inhaled treatment medications and these breakthroughs, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. But unfortunately, COPD still remains the fourth leading cause of death in the United States. And that just highlights how much work we as a community still need to do in order to improve the outcomes for our patients. And maybe it's not just about inhaled treatments. It's also important for us to remember that other really important parts of the management of these patients is helping them to quit smoking cigarettes and helping them to get to other evidence-based therapies such as pulmonary rehabilitation, which are vastly underutilized in the United States. So I, I think it really highlights how much work we still have to do as a community. Certainly. But even with the work that needs to be done, it is exciting to have work like yours to help lead the way. And we're excited to have been able to get your insight into that. So thank you for talking with me today, Dr. Keller. Thank you very much, Colleen. It's my pleasure to be here today.